1: Hi, and welcome to Is This Shirt Slimming? There's a change of pace this week because we've got a new addition to the team. His name's Rob Barnhill. He's my oldest friend, we met when we were eight years old, and we're introducing him now to the Is This Shirt Slimming team. In this episode, we're talking about Britpop. It's kind of, it started off with the traditional view of Britpop, which is about the scene spearheaded by Blur and Oasis. Unfortunately, we can't play any music in the podcast because of the copyright reasons from the record companies. We're going to be talking about music, and there's links to the Spotify playlist on our website, which is slimmingly.strikingly.com. Let's get started. Hi, Chris. Uh, Good afternoon, Phil. And Robert Barnhill.
0: Hello, Phil. Hello, Chris. Hello, Robert.
1: Rob and I have been friends for a long time. We met when we were eight years old on the soccer fields of Earlwood. Oh um, Sporting guys. Yeah, we were sporting guys. And we met because we were both trying to avoid ever going anywhere near the ball. So we were able to talk about music and so forth. And then we spent our high school years basically listening to a lot of music and going and seeing a lot of music together. So I thought this would be about the um, the best time to introduce uh, Rob and um, talk about tonight's topic, which is... Britpop.
0: I'm too young.
1: (laughs) No
2: one's too young for Britpop. (laughs) My kids are the
1: only things too
0: young for Britpop. It's still going, Chris.
1: Britpop, let's let's face it, started with the Beatles. And Chris and I have been talking a lot about the Beatles. But Rob, I believe that you're one of Paul McCartney's um, biggest listeners on Spotify. Am I? Well, don't you have an official status of some sort? <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, 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 but I do. I have been listening to a lot of Paul McCartney. I, 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 I listened to the new album, uh, New, about uh, three years ago, and for some strange reason. I really liked it. What do you mean, some strange reason? Uh, I've, I've listened to it a little bit lately, and it, I don't think it's as good as I thought it was. Okay. It's still good, but... Mm-hmm.
1: Um, now I think, the kinks, uh, I think the Kinks would have to be the ultimate Britpop band. Yeah, they're pretty British. (laughs) (laughs) Is there nothing else that you'd like to add about this, Rob?
2: (laughs) No, no, I'm just sitting
0: back reflecting on that, Phil, and, um, yeah, they sound British to me.
2: I've got the British Pop Collection, which was a three-LP and three-CD box set, and on there were a band called The Seekers, which sounded exactly like the Australian
0: band called The Seekers. (laughs) (laughs) We were a colony then, so it was fine.
2: But, uh, yeah, Judah turned out to be Greek. My father was right. He told me so long ago, and I didn't believe him. I thought he was on one of his trips. But, no, no, she was Greek. So, Greek, Britpop. Yeah, that's (laughs) Greek. (laughs) Of course, it's like Paul McCartney's very Greek, you know.
1: Have you read um, uh, Dave Davies' autobiography, anyone?
2: No. Who wrote it? <laughs> oh. Ray Davies' oh. brother.
1: Now, for people who don't know, the kinks were mainly Ray Davies and Dave Davies. And they oh, thought they were like...
0: Ray. Mainly Ray. Well, no, Dave... Oh. Um... About, 90, about 95% Ray. <laughs> oh.
1: Maybe. Maybe.
0: <laughs> All right. All right, 94.
1: Ray's got a new album out, hasn't he?
0: He has, with a very British title. Americana. And uh, have you been listening to it? No, I heard one track. Yeah, that was about enough, wasn't it? Yeah.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I think he's sort of looking back because um, when all the bands like the Beatles and the Stones and the British evasion were taking over in the 60s, they were actually banned uh, from the United States for about four years. Why? Um, Look, I'm just going to quote Ray Davies about uh, the reasons why. He was um, had problems with America in the 1960s, but um, he says that everyone goes on about how America loved the British invasion, but the establishment hated it, he says. The attitude was like, we'll take the Beatles, but nobody else. The ban originated from the American Federation of Musicians after Davies punched a TV producer on the Dick Cavett show for calling him a limey bastard. Davies says, We played the Hollywood Bowl with the Beach Boys, the Birds, and Sonny and Schur. And apart from Schur, who was nice... They all hated us. There was a feeling in the air that the American music industry was going to pick on somebody, and as it turned out, they picked on us. It didn't help matters when our manager, Larry Page, pissed off halfway through the tour and left us in the hands of a Californian hairdresser. You're listening to Is This Shirt Slimming, and we'll be back in a moment.
0: Ray got knighted, though, didn't
1: he? They're all, um, Sir something, except for Keith Richards, who would never accept the title. Mick went running to the palace, you know. Groveling. <laughs> 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 but Keith, Keith said, "No, no, it's not my kind of thing." <laughs>
0: Mick Jagger, the world's luckiest vocalist.
2: I've got, I've got a recording of Mick Jagger's soundtrack for some sort of experimental movie when he got his hands on Keith Richards' um, modular system. It's one of the most atrocious pieces of music ever recorded and released. Yeah, yeah. I'd I
0: believe
2: that. And yeah, It's hot, hot, horrid. <laughs> she certainly came Yeah. Rob,
1: has there never been a period where you've listened to the Stones and actually enjoyed them?
2: Yeah, yeah
0: at yeah. the end of the track. Oh, oh. St- the Sticky sticky Fingers album. Sticky Fingers. There's a couple of great records. I do own a few, I must admit. Yeah. But he's oh. an awful singer, in my opinion. Yeah, but apart from that.
2: <laughs> I mean, he's
0: nowhere near as good as Tom Jones. Tom Jones. Hardly anyone is. Oh, Tom's <laughs> part of the British Invasion, boys. Hey, hardly anyone on the planet is as good as Tom Jones, mate. You, you know that. But yeah, people he's, don't he's think about not- Tom Jones in the British Invasion, in my humble opinion. Uh Fellow Chris, can I just backtrack one little bit and tell you that mm-hmm. Sir Raymond Douglas Davies is. Mm-hmm. Is Sir Raymond Douglas Davies?
2: There you go. Oh, re- respect. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: Well, for so, the, I mean, you'd have to be knighted for writing Waterloo Sunset, wouldn't you? That's true. Oh, nice. yeah. And of Fair course, enough. there's no more rewarding reason to be given a knighthood than for writing Victoria, about Queen Victoria. It's from the album Arthur or the decline and fall of the British Empire?
0: No, no, we're going to have to talk yeah, was- about Sting at some stage. Oh, no, no. Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, but no. we are. I'm bowing out of that in protest. I saw a story on telly the other night about Concord, and there was there was Sting sitting in Concord next to a fat guy, and it was talking about how small the seats were. <laughs> he, he was the 80s, he and Phil Collins. Oh, Phil Collins <laughs> come out of retirement. <laughs>
1: Now, this song is uh, is off the Skylarking album, Earn Enough For Us. And uh, our mutual friend, Michael Manos, I believe, was instrumental in uh, making sure this song was um, actually played in, or well, it became a single, single, in Australia only. Has he heard it? <laughs> <laughs> what the... <laughs> We That's should ex- we should explain, though, Christopher. That he works he works he worked for a record company, so therefore he didn't listen to music. <laughs>
0: Try right, that. None of them like music. That was the whole
2: point. <laughs> so let me let me get this right. This is a guy who just doesn't like music very much.
0: I oh, know he does. He loves it. Oh, just got- he
2: does. He got- does. He
1: does, he does listen to it. It's just uh I don't
0: know if he listens to it. He just loves it.
2: <laughs> <laughs> he just loves the fact that it's there. <laughs> oh, Ian during the blockheads, uh, uh, Reasons to be cheerful part three. Can I, am I allowed to mention any of the lyric? I think you can. Oh summer buddy Holly the working folly, good golly miss golly and bo- uh, golly was Molly and Boats, Hammersmith Palais, the Bolshaw Ballet, jumping back, jump back in the alley and nanny goats. Oh, I'm starting to forget it. We played it at my sister's twenty first, became the <laughs> became the theme record. Oh, love it. I met Ian, I went I went backstage and met him. He's a really nice guy, man. The whole band are really nice guys. Uh, well, they're they're hardened rockers, but it wasn't like they didn't want to talk to anyone. And yeah. uh, well, Ian, Ian is a prolific, well, I don't think he's still alive. Is he still alive? I don't think he is. No, no, he's not with us anymore. He was. He, he was. A, I asked them how they put their songs together, and uh, the bass player. Oh, I forgot his name. It's wonderful guy, Anglo-Indian guy. Um, he said. He said. Ian's bass. He says. Ian's got this trunk full of lyrics. We go through it. We look for stuff that. And we if we find something that we think we might be able to use, we pull it out. I said. Is he short of any stuff? He says no. There's, there's tons. He says. It's endless.
0: What's your favourite um, Ian Andrew song, boys?
2: Oh, I just love the whole album, uh, the New Boots and Panties, and I love that track he's playing now. The uh there is to be cheerful.
1: Yeah, I think it's unfortunate that uh, "Hit Me with Your Rhythm Stick" is the one that everyone remembers because um, oh, it, it, it's a great song. But uh, it's a great song. <laughs> but there's better stuff as
2: well. There's a there's more breadth and width to the jury oh. talent than uh, we it's, uh, it's, give him credit for. He's a massive. He's a massive talent. His, his guitar player wrote the song Aino Karina," which ended up being uh, an opening track for an album that Quincy Jones produced. So that was the guitar player in the Yeah, so yeah, this was premium level. Premium level. The
0: guy's name's Chaz Jankel, and he's just wonderful. Yes,
2: yes, Chaz Jankel. I've got the album that he did uh, his version of Ana Karina on it. So uh, just trying to remember the name of that bass player.
0: Norman Watt Roy. Norman (laughs) Watt (laughs) Roy! He's no longer in the Liberal Party. (laughs) (laughs) My favourite Ian Jury's songs, Wake Up and Make Love to Me.
2: Oh well, yeah, but that whole album is fantastic. Mm-hmm. Sure beautiful. is, and so's the second one. I haven't got the second one. Oh, that's my favourite. Do it yourself. The whole band and him, just a beautiful touch, really is.
0: Chaz Jankel did a couple of uh, electronic albums in the uh, eighties. Yeah, the
2: and the eighties uh, electronica, yeah, that wasn't. They were pop, pop electronic. One called Questionnaire, which was just wonderful.
1: But now we're listening to Elvis Costello. Elvis Costello. What's Elvis Costello's real name, Rob? Declan McManus. Declan McManus.
2: Have you met him? No. I walked past I'm him. Not. You walked past him? Did he recognise you?
0: No, he had a beard. <laughs> <laughs> How did we go from second phase British pop to 70s English pop?
1: Because my Spotify playlist is uh, not in a very good
0: order. Oh, Oh, okay, so it's your fault.
1: Yeah, but now we're back to the 80s. <laughs> Does
0: Slade
2: qualify as, an, as a Britpop band? I've been thinking oh, about this no. question.
0: Well, I, I don't, know. No. I don't no, know. no, no, early, oh. early 70s. Oh, I love Slade. <laughs> no, too late for too late no. Phase 1, too early for N- Phase
2: 2. Nobody believes me when I say how much I love Slade. They're
0: fantastic.
2: <laughs> Phil and I saw them. We saw them oh, twice oh, really? together, I think, didn't oh, we?
0: Oh, Really? And we were in the second row at the (laughs) was Fantastic.
1: And we also saw them at Ramwick Ramwick Racecourse, didn't we?
0: We did. And I forgot my ticket. Uh, hang on I was just um, going
1: to tell the story that this oh. in in those days you know how old were we? we were like 14 years old you know oh, kids, 14 these, or 15. kids these days they get driven everywhere they get everything given to them you know oh,
0: with oh, us fills with off. us
1: <laughs> we sort of had to make our own way you know whatever way that we could to no, get it out didn't. to
0: I rang dad
1: no, that was after. He, he didn't take us. He didn't drive <laughs> us and drop it. None of our parents drove us to uh, Ramwick Racecourse race to go and um, see Slade and Lindisfarne and Caravan oh. and Sherbet. Oh. Sherbet, if was Sherbet oh. playing in that. <laughs> and then Rob forgot the tickets. <laughs> and so we had to find, I'll just explain, there used to be these things called public telephones. Anyway, so we finally got our tickets and we got in to see And I seem to remember there was a lot of beer cans fly, flying around as well. <laughs> <laughs> there were skinheads. There were skinheads and Sharpies Absolutely. throwing that, beer cans everywhere. That was
0: everyone. Dad. It was <laughs> <laughs> a Lobby Lloyd fan. Uh, that was a fantastic gig.
2: Oh, gosh. you ever heard their first album before they were called Slade? Ambrose Slade. Ambrose Slade, they, they do a cover of a Frank Zappa song are you kidding oh, i'm dead serious i ain't got no heart to give away <laughs> that was serious musicians the, the the skinhead thing was the idea of their manager because mm-hmm. he was putting them in these pubs and the skinheads would go and see the skinhead band and they start playing all that stuff from this of course their hit album plus their first album which was mandolins frank zappa tunes ballads
0: <laughs> <laughs> who was their manager it was Chaz chandler ah what a who- he had
2: the best part about that band was, I love this, this story of Thorpey, who, 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 uh, though it's, I think they were at Sunbury, and Thorpey had the shits because he thought, oh, there's Slade guys, they can't play, this' Chaz Chandler, he's put, he's put this session musicians together, let's blow these blokes off stage, let's let them play, and then we'll go on and blow them off stage, because we can really play. And Thorpey stood from the side of the stage and watched them play, and his mouth dropped open and went, oh my goodness, they're the guys who are playing, they're great. <laughs> beca- yeah, he became a fan, he became a fan on stage. Phenomenal.
0: Oh Chase Chandler looks like Stephen Fry. He does. <laughs> Chris and I are both on Google, sorry. Yeah, yeah. We we
2: we use we use all the technology.
0: Now now did did we move what decade are we in?
1: I think we're in the eighties and we're listening
0: to the beat. Are we going back to the seventies at any point? <laughs> <laughs> We've never left (laughs) because who was the most important English artist in the seventies? Who do you want me to tell you, boys? David Essex.
2: What are the what are the initials? (laughs) Elton John. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side. Oh yes,
1: absolutely. Oh, hang on a second. Oh, can, can I? Him. We can I, I was mentioned... going to mention. Oh. Excuse me. Oh. I was going to mention him because part of the idea of listening of doing this program about Britpop is having watched Grimsby last weekend. The, the Sasha Baron Cohen movie. Ah. No, I didn't know it was out. Oh, it's such a fantastic... I mean, they're, all these movies are hilarious. They're just great movies. But he he plays a, a Northern English football hooligan yob. Oh,
0: I don't know. I think he's the English um, Adam Sandler. He's the English Adam Sandler. Oh, no, he's much better than Adam <laughs> Sandler. <laughs> and by that, I mean, it's a compliment. By that, I mean, they both make crappy movies. But sometimes they're really funny. But
1: anyway, the, the, the Grimsby soundtrack was full of Blur yeah. and Oasis. But um, then doing a bit more research about Grimsby and speaking to you, Christopher and Rob, is that um, Bernie Taupin grew up near Grimsby and then wrote a song with Elton about Grimsby, which originally was supposed to be Cleveland, a song about Cleveland. (laughs) That's crazy.
2: Uh, Because, uh, yeah, radio, yeah, because they did that, that was on the Honky, not the Honky Show, What was the one where he's standing on the cover on the hill that starts off? Oh, it's got. Don't mm-hmm. let your son go down on me, was Yes, that's it. And, uh, uh Solo Prestige, I come on. Uh, The Bitch is Back. Caribou! Caribou! No, 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 Bitch is Back is the opening track on Caribou. You sure? Oh, yes. Do I have to apologise?
0: Oh, let me check before I
2: apologise. <laughs> no, just apologise now, then check. <laughs> Later.
0: <laughs> no! Doesn't work that way.
1: After I so rudely interrupted Robert. Um, what did you want to say about uh, the most important artist of the 70s, apart from David Bowie?
2: Oh, you can't forget it. I mean, that wig. <laughs> I think the correct term is those wigs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> those Tom, Tom Jones. What was that? That was a ballad of Tom Jones. <laughs> <laughs> I told you there was a song called The Ballad of Tom Jones. Oh will be back in the 80s. Shit. Right. <laughs> Oh, hang on, hang on! Can, can, can't we just ask one question? You're we very well
0: researched, Phil.
1: <laughs> Spent um, minutes reading up about Britpop.
2: <laughs> so, which is which is whose favourite Elton John album? Oh, Madman Across the Water. Madman Across the Water. Oh, second that. That's mine.
0: Mine might be Tumbleweed Connection. I think. Fair enough. Oh, okay. Good call. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's cool. Yep. I met him yeah. once. So, oh, great.
2: He stood in front of me. There was this guy in the courtyard of 301. I went into the room where I was working. I said, uh, there's a guy out there with a br- British accent. I wonder who it is. And anyway, the, so the producer says, you like Elton John, David? I said, yeah, I do. He says, well, Elton John's recording a single for that French um, uh, terrorist attack that happened. I said, that was bloody Davy Johnson standing in front of me. I was like, man. <laughs> and Elton John came out, and he was wearing high-heeled shoes, a velour uh, track suit. <laughs> yeah. Hey, the, the, other, the other story I heard about Elton John, apparently
1: he got a new accountant sometime in the late 70s because he'd, he'd wasted so much money and lost so much money. So they had to do an inventory to f- try and find everything. So they were going through and then part of the inventory was that there were supposed to be four Rolls Royces, but they could only find three. And so <laughs> 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 they ended up finding the fourth Rolls Royce. In the the, swimming pool, with all the all the air out of the tyres, and just sitting there forlornly in the long term car park at Heathrow Airport, (laughs) 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 where Elton Elton had gone, he'd just been to some party, and he was off to another party, and he just forgot about one of the rollers.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Wow! As you do. Polygram sent D Murray into Parling's when I was there in the eighties, and I had to give him whatever he wanted. Really. Oh, that's do, wonderful. Do you remember, Phil, what I'm like? I made him take 50 CDs. No, no, they were cassettes. And um, <laughs> I made so much shit that I liked, poor bastard. And he told me that every 18 months or so we'd get a phone call from um, John Reed, Elton's manager, It said, right, set the ticket, meet you in Switzerland in three weeks, you'll rehearse for a month, then you'll, you'll tour for 18 months. Righto, John. And that's how he <laughs> lived. And when that hmm. wasn't happening, he was in living in Los Angeles lying on the side of a swimming pool. And he died of melanoma, the poor chap.
2: Yes, yes. What a tragedy. What a magnificent
0: bass player. So funky. Oh, wow. It was a, it was a cool thing to do. It was lovely to meet him and spend time playing him music. Oh, and I'm sure he loves that serious Young Sex album. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes, of course.
1: The club foot. May I turn our attention back to Britpop, Pop, gentlemen?
0: Sure. What do you think
1: about the Smiths? We're here talking about Elton John when one of the most uh, uh, nah. apparently, mm. apparently nah. one of the most nah. influential nah. bands of the eighties was the Smiths. Now, I can I can
0: nah. tell that you guys. Oh. No, nah. oh, I
2: don't know. No, Lisa, mm. That was one of my change the radio station to Triple M at any cost bands. Except for the except for that slide of guitar on their big hit,
0: nah. I just hate them. Isn't that funny? You've said that, Phil, and then you've really hit a clanger with both Chris and I. <laughs> <laughs> now I remember the CBS rep brought in um, the twelve-inch single of "This Charming Man" off the first album, and I remember playing it. And I thought, "Oh, that's nice," and I thought it reminded me of the Monkeys, and that was about it. And
1: <laughs> the Smiths reminded you of the Monkeys. I
0: never, never, ever got it, got into them. Yeah, but I was driving through Marrickville and I heard "How Soon Is Now?" Come on, and I couldn't believe how wonderful it was.
1: Yeah, it's a great oh. song. It's a fantastic oh. song.
0: And they've got about six songs like that, in my opinion,
2: mm-hmm.
0: and then a whole lot of crap. He's <laughs> cheerfully no. miserable, isn't he?
2: Oh, it's just old it's misery boring.
0: guts. Yeah, <laughs> and his
1: his enforced vegetarianism.
2: Yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> that's that's another. He's still working for him. <laughs> <laughs> look, I'm okay. Look, I'll turn off. I'll turn off. Obviously, this is not very popular, and it's changing the whole mood of the podcast. So.
2: Yeah, um, he's he's, he's vegetarian for his complexion. Let's go to classic oh. classic Brit pop.
0: Great song. Ah, oh, this is a great song.
1: <laughs> We're listening to uh, "Park Life" by uh, Blur, which is the oh. quintessential Brit pop song.
0: I thought it was "Boys who, Boys and Girls." Oh, that's pretty good too. But this is great.
1: Well, Gorillas—that's uh, that, another story I've heard this week. Liam Gallagher is outraged about what <laughs> because Gorillas have got a new album out. Gorillas, with Damon Albarn as the driving yeah. force. Oh, okay. And Noel Gallagher's appeared on it. Really. <laughs> and and Liam's Liam's outraged. I didn't know that.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> Fantastic. Because Chris, you knew that, that about the um, the rivalry
2: between Blur and Oasis in the nineties, did you? No, no, I didn't know about this. No, I, I don't. See, I, I can't even see a connection between the two.
0: Oh no, that was just one of those like radio jock. Oh right.
2: And that's the other thing about the movie Grimsby is the the
1: way he's dressed. He's he's based his character. back on on Liam Gallagher. Yeah, well, he's based his character on um, Liam Gallagher. <laughs> 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 that's we the way he looks.
0: Phil Collins for at least half an hour. So, uh, are we in the 80s still? No, I
1: think we're in the 90s. Oh, hold on. You
0: can't move
2: to the 90s without talking about that Greek guy. Uh, Demis Roussos?
0: The other one. <laughs> George Michael. Oh, uh
2: The one who, oh. the one who liked
1: uh, joints and kebabs. <laughs>
0: <laughs> except when he confused them.
1: Did you, you, you ever see that show Extras, the Ricky Gervais show, uh, yes, yes. without all the guest appearances? And George Michael made a guest appearance and he, you know, he's going off to, <laughs> to his beat to go and have some uh, illicit sex. <laughs> and he, he's got a joint and a kebab and he throws them both in the bin. <laughs> and a few minutes later, a journalist, you know, a paparazzo, with, with the camera comes past and says to Ricky, have you seen George Michael? And Ricky's going, no, no. <laughs> and then he looks into the bin and goes, a, a kebab, a joint. <laughs> I don't know why. I don't know. There's obviously some sort of significance in England about that. That's. So funny. I don't know what it is, but it's very funny. <laughs>
2: That's funny. <laughs> now there's there's a guy who lives up the road from here, who. Um, in, in The Next Suburb, who was the sound guy for George Harrison, I think, and he told me, he said, he was working out of this studio um, in, in London, and there was an, it was Trident Studios, and it was a rainy night, and he was inside the studio working, and there was a knock on the door, and at the door was these two blokes standing there ringing, it. can we come in, mate? One of them was Trevor Horn, the other one was Chris Squire. And he remembers shaking, yeah, he remembers shaking Chris Squire's hand. He said it was the biggest hand he's ever seen in his life. The bloody bass must have been a banjo in his hands. But yeah, that was when that's when Yes was being re- produced by uh, Trevor Trevor Horn. Yeah.
0: yeah. They had a played bass on with them.
2: Yes, Yes, great bass player too, and sang did did one of the did one of the tours as a singer, for Yes before his high watermark managing Seal. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And what about Frankie Goes to
0: Hollywood? That's what he does now. No, I'm not producing, managing.
2: Oh, he manages Seal. Yeah, that's odd. Trevor Horn. But he, you know you know, he does a pub gig in London. Oh, yeah, I think I did hear that. Yeah, he's got a band with Lol Cream. Lol Cream from 10CC, one of my favourite bands of all time. Yeah, they've got a band together. They play in a pub. Well, that would be fantastic. Oh, wouldn't it? <laughs> yeah, no, I mentioned 10CC.
1: Nor are uh, fine young cannibals.
0: Uh, oh, 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 she drives me crazy. I spent seven ninety nine on that
2: album. <laughs> and you've never got that back. It's just um, awful. Can I just oh, ask it was you guys, sn- the worst snare in pop history? Cock, cock, I can <laughs> anyway, go on. <laughs> go on.
1: No, I just wanted to ask you guys because I, I feel that um, if I bring up another act that'll have the same reaction as uh, the Smiths, and that is Oasis. Oh,
2: they're okay. I, what I do you like, think I about like Oasis? Oasis. Yeah, I can do without them. That, that brings up an important point for me, Phil, that I noticed in the last few weeks and I was cramming, listening to all the stuff, going, okay, that was this band, that was this band. The thing that stood out for me for most of them, except for Blur. And this is what I this is why I wanted to make I wanted to make a distinction for Blur, is that every other band sounded like John Lennon. Every other band in the nineties from Britain sounded like John Lennon. They sound like a John Lennon demo. They sound like John Lennon was singing. They all had these little John Lennon turns of phrases. or It wasn't just Oasis. It was in nearly every song. They had this little bit of John Lennon cynicism and sarcasm in the tunes, except for Blur. Blur sounds nothing like
0: any of them. I, I, I had a look at a list of the biggest-selling English artists of all time. Yeah. And we all know who number one is. Let me guess. I think we know.
2: Cooler shaker. <laughs> Who are two, three, and four?
0: Uh, number two, biggest-selling album, uh, three hundred and fifty million albums. Elton John. Oh, wonderful! Yes. Which one? Yellow Brick Road. Yes. No. Number three, Led Zeppelin. Uh, oh, Led Zeppelin. Okay. Four,
2: three hundred mm-hmm. million
0: albums. Fair enough. Oh, sorry, that was number three. Number four, Queen Greatest Hits, three hundred million. Yeah, they knew how to put a great list together. They, they, they knew. You notice who's missing out of the list so far? Okay, who's missing from the list? Wouldn't you say the Rolling Stones, where are they? No, I'd never say that. Phil would. All right, well, they're not there. All right, not... right, think about all the great English bands and all yeah. the great English records. Who do you yeah. think number five is? All the great... Traffic? Kinks? I don't
2: know, that's a hard question. Rod Stewart. Yeah. You're both sitting down?
1: Yes, yeah. Oh. Sir Cliff Richard. Sir Cliff Richard. <laughs>
0: Look, I don't think we. I, I don't think we need to
1: talk about Britpop anymore.
0: <laughs> no. Always guaranteed two hundred and sixty million albums.
2: What what hit was
0: from that? Are you accusing me of listening to it, Chris? <laughs> and, and just very quickly Just around
1: No more suspecting Suspecting you of listening
0: Just around to, just to out the top ten Then number what Four, five, six Is Pig Floyd Then the Rolling Stones
2: Yeah okay
1: I'm just going to lift the mood here With the music In terms of Britpop Because this is another great Britpop artist of the uh, uh, Of the 90s
2: <laughs> And they slow started then
1: too Who is it? Oh, I can't believe you don't remember Supergrass
0: Oh, super great. Ah, yeah, that was oh, wonderful. I got yeah. stuck on their second to last album. I love
1: that record. Yeah, yeah, I remember. I remember you forcing me to listen to it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I stopped, I stopped well, playing.
1: we could go on for hours, but we're going to leave it there for this week. Uh, we're going to continue with the Britpop theme next week because um, we ended up talking for hours about this and having a great time. We hope you enjoyed it as well. Remember, if you want to find out more, you can go to slimmingly.strikingly.com. Whether there be Spotify playlists and videos and a little bit more about uh, the sort of music that we're talking about. You can find us on Facebook as well. And it would be most appreciated if you could like us or rate us on iTunes. It just helps to get the word around and share with your friends. Thanks very much. It's been real. Is this shirt slimming?